0: To the continuing education podcast for casa volunteers connecting you with experts who can advance your advocacy for children and families i'm your host maggie Halpin, and this is casa on the go welcome y'all and thanks so much for joining us for this episode of casa on the go i am really feeling so lucky today to be joined by the wonderful alejandro victoria who is um, the director of volunteer admissions at CASA of Travis County here in Austin. And Alejandro has always been someone who has just really inspired me um, for as long as I've been with CASA um, because of the passion that he brings um, to the work that we do. So I'm so thrilled to have you um, joining us today. Thank you,
1: Marga, that's so sweet. And well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invite.
0: Awesome. Well, we are going to be talking through just kind of some of the connections between what is unfolding around our country today and how it relates to our advocacy, um, you know, within the child welfare system and with the children and families that we're working with. So. Um, Alejandro, before we dive in, I'd love to invite you to share just a bit about your background and your role with CASA um, with our listeners.
1: Yeah. So I have been with CASA of Travis County now for the past five years and some change, you know? Um, And prior to that, my my sister actually used to do diversity work and worked at CASA prior to me. Um, She was here for three years. And then I jumped on board and have been here now for five years and some change. So, um, I've been a supervisor. So I've worked with volunteers on cases. Uh, I've managed those supervisors and then have now been in this role for the last, uh, year and some time.
0: Awesome. Um, uh, and yeah, thank you. Thank you so much again for, for making the time for this conversation. Um, I know that something that you've played a big role in, um, at CASA Uh, has been in proactively creating spaces for really just rich dialogues and training opportunities around the power of culture and how culture is so connected to our work as child advocates. Um, And I had the wonderful pleasure of going through a two-day training that you co-facilitated a couple of years ago called Knowing Who You Are, which um, for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's a training for child welfare professionals that's really focused on the importance of understanding one's own racial and ethnic identity and story. Um, So could you talk about why it's so important that we as CASA advocates have a strong understanding of our own racial and ethnic identity um, as we work with the children and families that we're serving?
1: Yeah. uh, Thank you so much, Margaret, for asking that. And for me, it's, it's about having this conversation about race, right, and being able to have those conversations is key. And I think it's one of those topics that a lot of people tend to not want to talk about, or it makes them feel uncomfortable or it makes them, um, they don't know how maybe how to relate to that topic. Right. And I think one thing to remember is to have that conversation. If you can talk about race, um, in general, about either your own identity or, um, the work that we're doing specifically, I think that's that's key, right? And so I think in a lot of those trainings or that um, space is being able to have these conversations, being more comfortable, right? Um, no one expects anyone to just be able to talk about it without um, – with ease, right? Right off the bat. And so I think in order to get good at something, you need to practice it. And I think being able to talk about one's own racial and ethnic journey, right, is really important to that work, you know, and and, and for me, my own personal example, I always um, talk about how my name, Alejandro, as I was a kid, I remember so vividly as a child in kindergarten, hating my name, Alejandro, right? And remember being, having a teacher asking me, what do you prefer not to be called, Right. Wait. wait. She asked, what do you prefer to be called? And I thought in my head as a kindergartner, oh, she's asking, what do you not want to be called? And so I said, Alejandro. And I remember as I remember that memory so well as if it was yesterday and I was a kindergartner. Right. And so I just think of that experience and what our youth that we're working with are having to go through. And that is part of the conversation. Right. I remember not liking my name and going by Alex. As a kindergartner, you know, and so I think those things, even if we don't want to talk about it, it's happening, right? These experiences are, are taking place. So those that's the one thing the one experience that I always think about and why it's important to talk about that when we're doing this work.
0: Yeah, that's a really um, powerful example of how we kind of like navigate just everything, all the messages that that are surrounding us and how. Kids are navigating that and, and making meaning of that.
1: Same things, yeah. I mean, as a child, I, I remember that, and so if I remember that as a as a kindergartner, I'm sure our kids are also going through similar things of identity and uh, you know, making you know making sense of it all, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, speaking of how we support kids in kind of having conversations around um, identity. Um, you know, we talk a lot in CASA about well, we're, we're there to advocate for a child's physical needs and emotional needs and educational needs, medical needs, rel- relational needs, all of that. It's so important. Um, and we also talk about the importance of advocating for a child's cultural needs, which I think for some people, um, especially for people who maybe are not quite as far along on their journey of understanding their own kind of like cultural identity um, it might be harder to understand or think of what that might look like. Um, and so, um, and also in knowing who you are, I remember we talk about how we as advocates can support the youth we're working with in ensuring that they're able to um, really be developing a healthy sense of their own racial and ethnic identity and, and how that's so important too. Um and so I I know part of your role is is being out in the community talking to potential volunteers about the work of Casa and I'm curious if if those forms of advocacy are things that you talk about with people and and how you kind of help um people understand what that might look like in the context of the Casa role.
1: Yeah, I think um cultural identity or racial, and ethnic identity is really important, especially as individuals. I mean, I can, like I said, my own experience. I remember as a child, all of these experiences going through it um, and having a healthy adult connection to talk about those things is really important. Right. And so that's one piece is the child's own journey going through it and being supportive as a volunteer on, on that journey. Right. And to learn. And I think volunteers are able to, learn about certain cultures to grow and, and, you know, from foods to uh, music, all of these different pieces can be learned and, and gotten from volunteers. The other piece though, what I would say too is it, it's not a ne- necessarily an either or, right? Like when we talk about cultural needs compared to educational needs and all of these other things, race and ethnicity fall into all of those things, right? So when we're talking about educational needs, you know, the child's racial and ethnic identity also plays into that, right? There's so many interconnected issues that fall in there. Healthcare, I mean, just all of these different pieces are interconnected with racial and ethnic identity without having to be pulled out. So I think there's two pieces to that is the cultural you know building up but also these other pieces you still have to look at it from the lens of racial and ethnic identity too.
0: Yeah, that is such a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up and that this story just came to my mind as you were saying that um that someone shared with me recently about um kind of how they were trying to help a family member understand that a child's experience was gonna be different because of their racial identity than what the family member was kind of assuming that it would be. So they were talking about um, a young man whose mom was white and he was biracial and he was having some issues in school and and um, his mom kind of was very dismissive about them. She said, I acted out in all the same ways and you know, no one made a big deal about it. He's gonna be fine. And the volunteer was able to bring another perspective and say, well, unfortunately, we know that kids are discriminated against, you know, and they're not treated the same way in our public school systems. And so we have to look at how we can advocate for his safety and his well-being, given that that's the reality that we know that we're working within. Right.
1: And And even the experiences of youth in care are different based on race and ethnicity, right? Like I remember a... um, a youth I worked with years ago, who their experience of maybe having um, possession of marijuana, an older youth, right, um, and their experience being black to their call, you know, the other youth who were in that same facility who were white, who also had marijuana, but the response was not the same, right? So these teenagers are even experiencing those things that we're talking about um, at a global, at a national level. Our kids are dealing with that regularly, right, and so being able to have those conversations is really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And something else you brought up. Yeah. You just in talking about how um, race is so interconnected to everything that we're experiencing in our lives. And, you know, there's so much unfolding right now in our country around the struggle for um, racial justice and racial racial equity. Um, and we're just seeing this urgent, you know, national push for, um, for our country to reckon with the reality of police brutality, particularly against, um, you know, black and brown communities, um, right at the same time as, as we're all experiencing this ongoing coronavirus pandemic and seeing the ways that it's disproportionately, you know, having these devastating impacts on communities of color. Um, and that's true here in Texas. And so, I'm wondering, you know, what connections um, you are seeing between our child welfare system and these, you know, national conversations um, that are happening around racial equity right now?
1: Yeah, I I think one, a lot of people, what I've noticed, a lot of volunteers or a lot of people maybe even listening are thinking to themselves, what can I do, right? What power do I have in, in this mess, of this world that we're in right now, right? And, and everything that's going on. And the thing I always tell people and what we've seen is you, you know, you're part of the child welfare system. The w- child welfare system is a system. It may not be the, um, the justice system. It may not be the educational system, even though it interacts with those as well. The child welfare system in itself is its own system and CASA volunteers and CASA programs have the ability To really make a huge impact and a big change in a systemic way, right? In a way of making system changes. And so, you know, when I talk to volunteers, when I talk to staff or talk to a number of people, what an amazing opportunity, right? To really be on the ground in a case in the life of someone and making that difference um, and navigating a system that sometimes can be you know, racist, right? It's an institutionally racist system. So how do we undo that? How do we break the those cycles? And I think CASA is part of that equation, right? CASA can be used to do that. And so I think there's a lot of mirroring in the move movements of how do we make systemic change, right? Because we can make changes in ourselves, but how do we do it? And I think being a CASA or volunteer is a huge way of making that happen.
0: That's beautiful and and gives me hope. Um,
1: Right. I mean, (laughs) we need that in our lives right now too, right? Like, where do we go from here? And I've just heard a lot from different volunteers of this is how I can make a difference in this system. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that comes to mind too, um, you know, is just thinking about how everything that is happening right now, it's a lot for us to process as adults. And so, we can only imagine that it's a lot for young people to process and even more so for young people who are already having to process the experience of being involved in the child welfare system. And so um, I think for Casa Volunteers, you know, you kind of mentioned this as we first started talking, but it can sometimes feel like intimidating or just difficult to know how to talk about these kinds of things um, like in terms of the pandemic and how it's harming and, you know, hurting communities um, and how scary it is or, or just what's what we're seeing with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and the struggle for racial equity. Um, and, and so I'm wondering, I'd love to hear your thoughts about positive ways that CASAs can check in with kids about, you know, what's happening right now and just touch base with that child or, or teen about, how they're processing all of this and, and how they're coping.
1: Right. I, I think it will vary a little bit based on age, right? Like kind of the, the maturity and, and, and just the child in general, right? And that's the beauty of Casa. We know specifically the, the child that you're working with. But I will say, I think being 100% honest is really important. Right. Um, like I said, as a child myself, I remember all of these thoughts and these influences that, made, that shaped who I was in my own racial and ethnic identity. So kids are not necessarily going to like, oh, I don't want to talk about like they're they're seeing it. They're already forming their own thoughts. And so really, it's not so much on the kids getting to feel comfortable about talking this. It's about us being comfortable to talk about this. Right. And I go back to the earlier part of That's why it's important for us to talk about race and ethnicity, even for ourselves and whatnot. Um, And so one of the ways I would definitely say for volunteers or staff or to just talk with other people to about this topic, right. Practice having those conversations because kiddos are, are wanting like not wanting, but they're talking about this themselves. They're experiencing this themselves. It's not just talk, it's experiences. And so how do we, be willing to engage in that. Right. And we have to get over our like discomfort. We have to be uncomfortable if that's the case and then have this conversation. And I think the number one thing is checking in. Right. You know, in this time right now, even as adults, checking in with one another has been helpful. So just check in with the kids, too, and see how they're doing. And listening is is key. So,
0: yeah. Wow. That's great advice. Um. Yeah. Just being willing to practice and and uh be willing to engage through our own discomfort if that's what's coming up um awesome well i know that we're only just scratching the surface of all of this and there's so much more we could talk about as far as what um what advocates can be doing um in response to everything that's happening in our communities right now but before we wrap up Is there anything else you feel like um, CASA should be thinking about right now in this time in their advocacy or in
1: their role? Yeah, I I would say the number one thing is, you know, all of this talk is a journey, right? We just scratched the surface in in 15 minutes or so. But I, you know, the number one thing about going on a journey is deciding to go on that journey, going and willing to move on on that journey. And so um, as people are listening, I have been saying to a lot of people if you were to want to learn how to play the piano, you're going to have to practice, right? And you're going to make mistakes. And so if you want to be anti-racist and if you want to work on these things, you have to practice and you have to practice that and you're going to make mistakes. So be OK with that. Be prepared to make mistakes. Give yourself that grace, uh, but don't shut down and not move on on that journey. Continue that journey no matter what.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Alejandro. I so appreciate your time and, and wisdom around these things. So thank you thank so you, much. Thank you,
1: Margot. So good uh, to chat with you.
0: And to our listeners, thanks so much for joining. We hope that you're all staying as safe as possible out there. Um, and join us next time on Casa on the Go. Thanks for listening to Casa on the Go. Join us next time for more dynamic, continuing education brought to you by Texas Casa.